what I thought I'd do today is we've got a couple of um, emotional resilience Saturday morning classes left. I, I thought that what I'd do is cover what I think is the most useful things to leave you with. And actually, right at the top of it is the self. <laughs> yeah, so the self. Uh, so th this this is what I've learned. Okay, so you know I've been banging on about the schema, which is the set of set of beliefs that we have. It, it, so so we've got this schema upside down pyramid of beliefs. Uh, and you know, so a lot of beliefs are contingent on other beliefs. What happens is, if if one of the core beliefs goes away, a lot of the other beliefs goes away. So if that core belief was unhelpful, then um, a lot of unhelpful beliefs go away, which is good. Uh, and that I mean, that's that's the main cause of suffering, without without the slightest shadow of a doubt. And of the schema, there is also a set of beliefs that that cons construct the self. So the self is whatever we believe ourselves to be. It's as simple as that. You know. So if I believe that I'm a unicorn, really, really believe that I'm a unicorn, I, I do unicorn things, um, and that that that's as that's as simple as it is. Uh, and and uh, obviously with you know so if you look at various what they refer to as psychoses that the nature of the self the belief in, in the nature of the self becomes very convoluted and very unhelpful for that individual um and so what, what is the self for most of us? Well, without the slightest shadow of a doubt, in our culture, it consists of a lot of, in fact, probably in every culture, probably in every mind, um, it consists of a lot of beliefs that begin with the phrase, I am. Yeah. So I am, you know, um, I am dumb or I am smart. I am attractive or I am not attractive, I am intelligent, I am popular or unpopular, I am uh, worthy or unworthy, I am, uh, you know, I, I, I am a meditation teacher, I am, you know, wealthy or I am poor, I am, it goes on and on and on, you know. Um, the, the 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 thing that the thing that I'm working with, the work thing that I'm working on more than anything else, as I've mentioned, and this is what loving awareness is all about, is to recognise that we're not separate. Uh, there's a, y you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll have to cover that off even more over time, and I will do, uh, both in a very practical way and in also in a very spiritual way. Uh, so, you know, we assume we're, we assume we're separate, and then, Sue, who am I? And largely, it's a negotiation. 
it, it's a negotiation we often don't actually realise is going on. There's the, there's the self that we want to be, and what we want is is what all social animals want. We want to be, we want approval, appreciation, affection, attention, and acceptance. Yeah, all of those things. Approval, appreciation, affection, attention, acceptance. That and that basically boils down to unconditional love. So we all want to be loved. Yeah, we all know we all want to be loved, but that's how we want to be loved. And so what we're doing is we're looking for that in our relationships. And unfortunately, for a whole bundle of reasons, a lot of them really unhelpful, the conclusion that, that the mind arises in the mind is it's actually down to me. So the, 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 the I that I am is either bringing me unconditional love or it's not. And then what happens, this is, this is all part of childhood development, and it's actually all pretty, pretty much accepted um, as part of childhood development. And so what happens is we create what's known as a persona. And, and what the persona does, the persona is the filters in the um, prefrontal cortex. So what, what, what this is, is this is a lot of knots things not to do, things not to say, behavior not to perform. And we, this, is what we, this is what our parents put in there. Don't run out in front of that car. You know, don't have another cookie. Don't do-do-do, whatever it happens to be. And, in, and once it's in there, it's, it's pretty, pretty stuck in there, you know. Uh, once, once we get stuff in, in as a belief... It, it tends to be built on by other beliefs. <coughs> so the persona, so going back to the, 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 the little Robert who wanted to be loved, uh, as, as did we all when we were children, well, almost all of us, um, one creates this persona, and we, we look around and we see, oh, oh, so that person's more popular or appreciated or gets more attention than I do. So what happens is we unconsciously and this is all good we unconsciously uh, migrate our behavior over to that person so if you're somebody like me mimicking other people's behavior is actually part of everything that, that I do <laughs> I discovered if if I go up to Scotland after a while I start talking as if I'm Scottish and it's a a wee distance to that little bridge over there and it just it just pops up you know uh, it, it depends on who I'm with uh, because I was uh, brought up basically as a cockney that's still in me and then when I get back with me mates I'm talking like this it just out it comes and what that was happening there is I'm unconsciously mimicking the behavior of the people that I'm with. And and we kind of all do that. Well, we do all do that. And that's that's good and that's natural. What happens is this. Is this self stops being... Not, I wouldn't go so far as to say in our control, but it's definitely out of our control. And it, instead of me being who I actually am, 
I actually become a persona that lives in a place between me and others. And the, the end result of that is that I, I become a, effectively a kind of not, not, not a, a single clear sense of myself but a constant sense of what I believe other people believe about me. And see, the problem is that this process of trying to, believe, trying to understand how other people see us is, is just, it's fraught, and it is not reliable, and it's definitely not a science. So, one of the things that happens in to long-term meditators especially in the hindu tradition it, it, well it, it works differently in buddhism but largely you end up at the same place you'll have heard of things like selflessness you know and and uh, deconstruction of the ego and so on and so forth in, in a lot of the hindu tradition the advaita for example <coughs> we're, we're asking ourselves who am i you know, and, and seeking, looking in to see who I really am. And then what that does is that separates us from all the baloney that we've created about who we are. <laughs> it also stops us from trying to find who we are by perceiving what we believe other people believe we are. In, in um, Buddhism, it's more about emptiness. So, you know, we, we are effectively nothing going go to a kind of little tiny diminishing point of nothingness uh, but at the same time connected to everything so though it, it, it's good to question who we believe we are and it's also good to not answer that question <laughs> you know who, who, who am I Am, am I really what I believe others believe I am? Just just keep asking it. You know, quest answers may arise, but you, you, you don't want to answer it, you know, on a kind of question and answer basis. You want to... And, and notice the suffering that arises because of the persona that we create you know no, notice the everything sense of rejection the imposter syndrome not good enough unworthiness all of this kind of stuff who is it that's unworthy and the they are so the answer is all always witness consciousness it's it's n noticing our present moment experience and being aware that we are what is aware and and we can even look inside, look for the awareness, the who am I question. You know, so I, 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 do, I do a lot of teaching and, and the, the meditations that come from this are brilliant. 
and I get like the the closer we get to states like the origin of thought the deeper the meditation comes becomes and the and the more approval I get when I teach those so that's what we're going to do today we're going to look look deeply and there's there's a there is a set of practices that work best at getting to the the origin of thought and the the place where we can be more aware of what it is that we witness so let me just get the bell and so this is a thing this is a thing that, that brings us into a deeper place it it brings us into the present moment so this is all about single points it's single point in time And it's a single point of awareness that's witnessing the passage of time. just noticing time passing and the, the, the easiest portals into the present moment that are available always is the breath and sound So what we'll do is check in with the body. Scan down the body. A light touch of awareness. Scan down the body, starting with the eyes, the forehead, moving down the face, down to the tips of your fingers, down to your toes. And as you're doing that, you're sensitive to any tension or discomfort. And so then 
as we scan down the body on the out breath, so this is like breathing in and then breathing out, like a one of those old photocopiers, the lights moving from one side to another. Literally, it's scanning the paper. And we scan the body. So let's say I find tension in my the back of my neck. As I scan down the body, the whole body, I'm releasing tension from the back of the neck. And then the next out breath, I'm scanning down the body for any more tension. If I find some tension in my middle back, on the next out breath, I release the tension from the middle back. If I notice any tension from the eyes on the next, so it's scan. Relax, scan, relax on consecutive out breaths. We'll just practice that for a few seconds. Now bring your attention to the area around the eyes, the forehead, the cheeks, the eyebrows, the eyes. Be aware of that. Still downward scanning down the body on the out breath. But we're releasing that tension in the eyes cheeks, forehead, incrementally, bit by bit. And leave your awareness, your attention resting on the space between the eyes, still scanning down the body. Now just leave your attention on the space between the eyes.
and allow yourself to be aware of very subtly, very gently, the breath in the body. But just noticing the cycle, not noticing the sensation. And notice whatever sound there is. Attention is on the space between the eyes. And now maintaining the awareness on either, you get to choose, whatever's softer and easier for you. You can either notice the space between the eyes, or you can notice the breath wherever it's easier for you. could be the movement of the belly rising and falling or it could be the breath in the nostrils or wherever it's the most comfortable what we're doing is waiting for thoughts to arise and we accept the thoughts we don't want them to change we approve of the thoughts my thoughts are all right by me we appreciate our thoughts We want to spend time with our thoughts, noticing them arising. We can greet our thoughts with compassion and kindness. And we're giving our thoughts attention This practice is a practice for thought to arise in. And when a thought arises, 
we acknowledge it. By repeating on two out-breaths, thinking, thinking. And then back to waiting for another thought by either noticing the space between the eyes or the breath. We're developing a harmonious relationship with thought over time. Just practice this for another, another couple of minutes. And we're learning to accept thoughts for what they are, which is messages from the subconscious. Messages from the mind to the awareness. And the mind is like an ocean. There's currents, there's storms, there's calm. It's deep beyond imagination. Currents are the most stable element 
of the mind. The way that the mind moves our awareness, our emotions, our thoughts, our experience towards the destination. And there are currents that, in the mind, that move us out into the external world. And there are currents in the mind that move us in. So we're just learning to navigate these. And so what we can do is note the quality of thought. And all this is, is a recognition of whether a thought is familiar or not. If it's not familiar, we say in the mind fleeting, if it is familiar, we say in the mind repeating. And the reason for this meditation isn't so that we can sort the thoughts out, but so that we can witness the origin of the thought. And the choice we make isn't a considered one, so we don't stop and think about whether a thought's a thought we recognize or not, we just guess. It's like you're trying to remember something and there's a, a very light awareness of the memory. Trying to remember a name or a place or a person. It's like we listen out for it to pop up in the mind. Very gentle, light touch. And this is what we're doing with thought. Checking in with the body again. Notice how stress creeps in, tightness, releasing it on the out breath. And 
about to resting in awareness of thought arising. And whenever that thought arises, or anything you believe might be a thought, instantly guess. The very lightest, lightest choice. And it doesn't matter if it's wrong, because we're going to go straight back. There'll be another thought along. If we don't recognize it, it's fleeting. If we do recognize it, repeating. If you're not sure, fleeting. gets in any way complicated back to the body release the tension that's arisen and then back to a gentle touch on the breath waiting very gently for a thought to arise. Note, fleeting or repeating. Fleeting, we don't recognize it. Repeating, we do. Back to a light touch on the origin of thought. Repeat, noting the quality of thought.
Now bringing your awareness to the space between the eyes. But still open and aware. With a very light touch, a very gentle touch. Aware of thought, and also aware of the capacity that we're training to be aware of thought and instantly release it. Thought, release. Thought, release. Thought, release. That's, that's, this is one of the many, many things that this practice trains us. And, and then notice each time it becomes complicated or uncomfortable or doesn't work for you, back to the body. As the body will have the store of tension because of it, it's, it, you know, it's too complicated or this thought is too compelling or I don't like this thought or whatever it happens to be. And, and so that, that finds its way into the body very, very quickly. So we go back, release that from the body and then we're able to go back and be more, um, to be calmer about experiencing thought. So this is, this is actually a, a way of dismissing thought. Now, when thought is very compelling, we actually need a point of focus. So if it's like, you know, I'm going to batter you with this thought until forever, bang, bang, bang. If it's that kind of thought, we need a focus. And, and a neutral focus, the breath, or the space between the eyes. I think maybe I'll just move over calling it the third eye, don't know. Um, that is all because it's neutral places that we can go and bring our attention that helps to neutralize thought. And then the thoughts about ourselves and what we believe others believe about ourselves, they go in that same <laughs> they go in that same bin. And it all becomes lighter. Yeah. So most most thoughts need to go in the bin. Right? There's only ever two two things you ever need to do with a thought. One, write it down. Two, throw it in the bin. Either of those or both of them. <laughs> it, it, it never, it, if you write it down, you don't need to think it again. <clears throat> if you know you don't need to write it down, you don't need to think it again. 
so we're liberating ourselves from thought, which is a, a kind of not the most wonderful thing generally, but on those occasions that it needs to be written down, it's very, very important. So remember, this is this is the the the, the wisdom of of the subconscious mind, the ocean of the mind, which has connections to things beyond our imagination. Really, I mean, you know, this is like from a scientific principle sort of basis. Um, we we only understand a fraction of our universe. Science only has a fractional comprehension of what's going on. Um, especially when you take something like life or the mind. It's just no, doesn't doesn't get it. So we 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 are left with our thoughts, and 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 we don't want to become slaves to them, and we don't want to be beaten up by them, and we don't want them driving our actions unnecessarily. You know what we want is a is a balanced response. So that the thought, the emotion, the action, the choice, the belief. When all of that is consistent and then the actions that we take become fulfilling. Other than that, there's always some little little conflict going on and it, and it can just be let go of. And the easiest place to let go of it is thought, actually. So this is why we spend a lot of time meditating, focusing on the nature of thought, getting familiar and comfortable with it and also with emotion. Those are the things. Um, we can make more progress with emotion in the early days and the physiology, but essentially the, the the nature of thought and being able to release all of the unhelpful trains of thought is the most liberating thing that a human being can do. Simple as that. Doesn't matter what you, what you do out there. If what you're doing out there is is to try to cope with what's going on in here, you still got it the wrong way around, <laughs> which is why we're all here. <laughs>